God's word is his weapon for revival and transformation of lives for his glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the word of God coming to you from Calvary Way Revival Labors. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to calvaryrevivallabors at gmail.com or call 08065607999. God bless you as you listen and obey. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to hear your word again. We pray that you will visit us and speak to us. That your word will bring life, transformation unto our lives today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for answering this prayer. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's be seated. We thank God for his progressive work in our life. In the course of this weekend, in this Women's Discipleship Conference, um, on Thursday, the Lord began to speak to us about the strange woman without understanding. And yesterday, he began to show us the example, a typical example of a woman of good understanding in the life of a big girl. And so many lessons came forth as we studied together the virtues in the life of Abigail. Today, we have two sections with question and answer in between. This is the first section um, where we are going to move forward to see in more detail how the Bible described uh, the qualities of a virtuous woman, a woman of good understanding. And when we are through with that, we will take questions and answers that would have covered the three messages before we, we have a little discipleship workshop uh, because this is a discipleship conference for the women. So let's First of all, turn our Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter 31. Proverbs, chapter 31, from verse 10. Proverbs, chapter 31, from verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rupees. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax, and walketh willingly with her hands. She's like the merchant ships, she bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand, she planted a vineyard. She guarded her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. She perceived that her merchandise is good her candle goeth not out by night. 
she laid her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretched out her hand to the poor. Yeah, she reached forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow. For her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he's seated among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth gedos unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the Lord of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her daughters, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done viciously, but thou excelleth them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hand and let her own works praise her in the gates. Amen. Amen. We are going to carry out a little study on this particular uh, passage on the virtuous woman. Remember, we define virtuous. Virtuous means three uh, things. One of them is an intelligent woman. A virtuous woman is an intelligent woman. That is a woman of good understanding. And then a capable woman, a woman that has the capacity to you know, deliver, to do things. And then a woman that has good heart, a godly woman. That is what virtuous woman or a virtuous uh, as a word means. Now, but the word good understanding in King James Bible, King James Version, Old King James, was used four times. The first one was concerning Abigail that we studied yesterday. The second one is in Psalm 111, verse 10. And I would like us to see that. Good understanding. Uh, we saw how the Bible described Abigail as a woman of good understanding. But there are three other places that... Uh, phrase or was used in the Bible. So let's look at them. That will give us insight before we get to settle down to study the qualities of this woman that the Bible showed us about. Psalm 111 verse 10. Psalm 111 verse 10. Are you there? Are you there? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all day that do his uh, commandments. His praise endureth forever. A good understanding have all day that do his commandments. In other words, how do people get good understanding? They get good understanding by knowing the word of God and doing the word of God. 
When the Bible says good understanding, it means that there is bad understanding. Bad understanding can come from when there is a bad knowledge. You know what I mean by bad knowledge? Eh? They say knowledge is power, but it's not true. Because there is bad knowledge. Good knowledge can only empower you. Bad one will destroy you, two of us. So, bad understanding can only come or can come from bad knowledge. Because if there is no knowledge, there is no understanding. As a matter of fact, understanding is actually a product or how will I put it? It is only when there is knowledge that you will try to understand what you have um, known. You can't say, I, 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 I want to understand the Bible when you have not read the Bible. Amen. Now, but how does good understanding come? How does a, a woman become a woman of good understanding? Eh? How does it come? He said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Remember that wisdom is application of knowledge. And you cannot apply what you don't understand. Is it possible? To apply what you don't understand. So, between knowledge and wisdom, there is what? Understanding. And if there will be wisdom and application of it, there must be what? Knowledge. So that when you understand what you have known, you can now apply it. The big fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all day that do his commandments. That is to say, you are not a woman of good understanding if you are not a woman that has respect for the word of God, that knows the word of God and does the word of God, that fears the Lord. And, you know, if we will shake the, two, the remaining two passages that, uh, where the Bible talked about it, let's read it quickly so that we can now go back to Proverbs chapter, uh, chapter 31. Look at Proverbs chapter 3 verse 4. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 4 says, 4 and 5, let, okay, chapter 3 verse 3 and 4, let not mercy and truth forsake thee, Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thy heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Mercy will grant you favor. Truth will give you good understanding. So as mercy is to favor... So it's truth to good understanding. So if you don't know the truth, you will not have good understanding. That's what that verse is telling us. That if you want to have good understanding, then you must know the truth. And you can see that it is rhyming with the first one in Psalm 111 verse 10. That says that a good understanding has those who do, who do his commandments. So you cannot be a woman of understanding except you have, you know, married the word of God. And the word of God has become your delight and you are a doer of it. In Proverbs chapter 13, 
Verse 13 says, Whosoever despiseth the word of God shall be destroyed. Whosoever despiseth the word shall be destroyed. But he that feareth the commandments shall be rewarded. The Lord of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor. But the way of transgressors is hard. So you can see that good understanding again is likened to those that feareth the commandments and those that keeps the law. Say the Lord of the wise is a fountain of life. And he said, what good understanding will give you before God and before man is favor. Now, go back to chapter 31. In the qualities of this woman, the woman that was called the virtuous woman. Eh? In her story, the last thing that was said about her is where the study should begin. That is verse 30 and 31. I want you to turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 30, 31, verse 30 and 31. We have read already from 10 to 31, but we want to study it now. So, what I said, if you are going to understand the basis, the foundation of the life of the virtuous woman, then you will start the study from verse 30 and 31. Let's read it together. I want to go. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gate. A woman that feareth the Lord. Remember Psalm 111 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. And good understanding have all day, all of them, that does or that do his commandments. Now, there are so many things to learn from the life of this woman that was described here. But the truth is that the very foundation of her life was that she was or she is a woman that fears the Lord. The first and foremost virtue every woman must pursue you remember Proverbs 14 verse 1 said every wise woman builds her home. So what is the beginning of her wisdom? What is the beginning of her wisdom? The fear of the Lord. Are you, are you getting it now? Every wise woman builds her home. But the foolish, why is she foolish? She is foolish fundamentally because she doesn't have the fear of the Lord. The wisdom of the wise woman is attached to 
have fear of the Lord. How do you know someone that fears God? What is the mark of any woman or any man that fears God? How do you know? Anybody can say, I fear God. But Proverbs 16 verse 6 told us how to know someone that fears God. Who is reading for me? Proverbs 16 verse 6. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If we show him respect, what will that lead us to? Will we keep away from sin? Let me hear King James. Uh-huh. By fear of God, what happens to men? You can never depart from evil. Until you begin to fear God. The, as a matter of fact, the level of the fear of God in a woman is actually what determines the weight of her life. A woman that fears God is a woman that has departed from evil. Because the Bible says you can never be a man that fears God and still be in sin at the same time. A woman that fears God does not tell lies because she knew that lying, God is not happy. By fear of God, men depart from iniquity. Have you seen people that are speaking in tongues, yet they are telling lies? Speaking in tongues, yet they are still quarreling and fighting. Speaking in tongues, yet they are still living in one sin or the other. Is a, a level of the fear of God in the life of a man that determines whether he will depart from evil or not. So the first thing to note about this woman of good understanding, a virtuous woman, is that she is a woman that fears God. He said, beauty is vain. Favor is deceitful. But a woman that fears God. Now, if you look at those two things, you notice that they are the things that people are running after. Especially women. Eh? How many of you want favor? Favor from God and favor from man. The Bible says favor is what? Favor can deceive. Then beauty is what? Is vain. But a woman that fears God. Why do women paint their face? Their fingernails. Their toenails. What is the fundamental reason? Why do they, they do that kind of thing? So that they will become beautiful, isn't it? So we can see that a woman can actually pursue those kind of things and yet she's a foolish woman 
Because if she doesn't fear God, she is not wise. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. Amen. Now, the first question that that scripture began to ask in verse 10 about the virtuous woman is who can find a virtuous woman? That is to tell you that you know, there are so many women around, but virtuous women are scarce. They are scarce. And you know one thing about rubies. Said, her price is far above rubies. Rubies are precious materials that are very costly. Eh? And <laughs> The issue is that God wants us to be women of virtue, women of good understanding. That is why he is talking about it this weekend. Because if you look out, you will notice that there are so many women around. Am I correct? But who can find a virtuous woman? In your yard, how many women are there? In your place of work, in your streets, in your village, who can find the woman that is vicious? Now, yesterday when we were studying Abigail, did you discover that the kind of Abigail is very scarce? Did you notice that? Because she is a woman that has a very bad husband. She is a woman that has a husband that the Bible called an evil man. And yet, she was managing that home very well. Why? She was a virtuous woman. So the, the price of such a woman is far above rupees. The value of such a woman is very high. Verse 11 says, The heart of her husband does safely trust in her. The first thing that he began to talk about after talking about the price of a virtuous woman and how scarce she is, is her relationship with her husband. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. Trust is something that is developed over time. Trust is something that is built with time. You don't trust someone you don't know. Eh? Somebody, I just was speaking with one of our brothers who was looking for a shame to tow a vehicle. And I was talking with him on phone just now. He said, where he went to hire the shame? The man said, you will deposit 20,000 naira. The shame is hired at the cost of 1,005. But the man said, I don't know you. Because I don't know you, you will deposit 20,000 naira. When you return the shame, 
you will collect the money. That is the cost of lack of trust. Very costly. Amen. So, if your husband has not come to trust you, then you may not be among the virtuous woman. Trust you to manage the home. Trust you to, to, with money. Eh? The heart of her husband safely trusts. What does it mean to trust? To trust is to believe without worry. If you are going out and you drop your children with your mother, will you be worrying? But if it is someone that came to your house and has not stayed for one week and you don't know the person and you manage, sometimes it's difficult to manage some situation. Maybe it's your husband, brother, or sister. And you don't know, you don't trust her, you don't know the kind of person he is. You notice that even if you drop the children with that person, you will always want to find out what is going on. Maybe after 30 minutes, you will call. After another one hour, you will call. You are disturbed, you are worried because the person you left your children with, you don't have trust. Are you getting it? So if, you know, this woman has become so trustworthy that the husband can leave everything in her hand. I was talking to some brothers jokingly. I said, when you want to have rest in marriage, pray that God will give you a trustworthy wife so that the moment you get married, you will make her the manager of your home and become a staff. And then you will have rest. Make her manager. Potiphar have to trust Joseph to the extent that everything in that house is under his... Uh... Well, it didn't start one day. Joseph, over time, has returned 10 naira change to Potiphar. Eh? And the man was like, ah, I sent, since I started having servants, I've not seen somebody that will return every change, even if it is 10 naira. Eh? And then he has watched him over time. You notice that this young man is faithful, he's trustworthy. Then he decided to leave everything in his hand. So sometimes you see your husband, you know, suspecting you. Have you seen where you want to look at your husband's phone and he, he took it away from you? Because he doesn't want you to see some, some certain thing in his phone. <laughs> Why is he doing that? Eh? <laughs> okay, oh, the, man, the man is not. <laughs> Amen. Now, he said, so that he shall have no need of spoil. What is a spoil? Spoil, you know, another word for spoil is waste. Waste. Some, you know, women are very expensive. A virtuous woman is not expensive. Do you know what we call an expensive woman? Eh? Do you know what an expensive woman is? 
Mm. You have to buy this, buy that, buy makeup, buy make down, buy make uh, sideways. She will have cloth full and she will come and say, I don't have cloth. Eh? Dash this one if you, if you don't have cloth so that we know you don't have cloth. You will not dash them. See, if you want your husband to be buying cloth for you, eh? the one that he's seen, carry it out so that he will know that there is no... But sometimes what makes men to feel that, you know, why is this woman saying that you buy cloth or buy shoe? There are so many of them around. I know that, you know, as women, you may need to be changing, dressing. But if you want to be changing and you want the man to follow you, as the old one, only one are coming, you know, be disposing the... But if you are a dead sea. You know what they call a dead sea? Everything is coming in and nothing is going out. It become difficult for anybody to believe you that you don't have shoe or you don't have cloth. Amen. Jesus said that nothing be lost. So a virtuous woman is not wasteful. The husband does not waste anything. She's frugal. She manages everything with you know, frugality. If you give her a you know, anything at all, she manages it and not wasteful. Verse 12, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. The virtuous woman does not place a condition before he will do her husband good. You understand what I mean? Eh? There are some people that said, if you want to get something from your husband, Find the food that you like, he likes and cook it for you. Have you had that kind of thing before? Or find something that you like. Then, once he's eating that food, you now come by his side and now begin to talk to him about what you need. Some use food as a weapon of doing, getting something from the husband. Some use sex as a weapon. No. The virtuous woman we do her husband good, not for some days, but how many days? All the days of her life. Why is she doing that? Remember the foundation. She's a woman that fears God. Because she's a woman that fears God, that is why she is obeying God who said, wives, do what? Submit to your husband. So the Bible says in verse 12, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. That is what we saw Abigail doing to Nabal. Do you remember? Even though Nabal was evil, but because she was a virtuous woman, she made up her mind, I will do him what? Good. Verse 13. She seeketh wool and flax and walketh willingly with her hands. She seeketh what? Wool and flax and walketh willingly with her hands. She seeketh. A virtuous woman, a woman of good understanding, is not just a righteous woman. 
is not just a holy woman. It's not just a prayerful woman. It's not just a careful woman. She is a diligent woman. Are you getting me? She works hard. The Bible says she works willingly with her hands. What does it mean to work willingly? With all her heart. She is not complaining. There are some women that believe that you know, everything they will have will come from their husband. They say, I'm Oliako or Doziako. All the Ako will come from the husband. So I am here to do what? To eat and to arrange it. No. The virtuous woman works willingly with her hands. Now listen. This is very serious. Because, you know, even if you are a civil servant, eh, ask yourself, is that all I can do as a virtuous woman? You know, why is this woman working in the first place? She's working willingly with her hands because she wants to support her husband. She wants to support the family. Listen, every man knew, every husband knew that no matter how much he is bringing to the house, if the wife is bringing 5,000 naira every month, that 5,000 naira of the wife is very much valued by the man. How many of you know that? Eh? Eh? If your husband is earning higher and you are earning very small, that's your small, is more valuable to him than the one that is earning. You need to know that. That's why you don't need to be idle. You must, the Bible says she's secret. She's secret. So, wool and flax will not come to you. Eh? You must what? Seek what to do in order to support yourself and your family. And I think this is very important for us, especially in a time like this. You know, we are in a particular season, in economic, economically hard time. So, it is very timely for us, you know, to be, you know, diligent in looking for, looking for, seek means looking for. Even if you say, I am looking for a job, as you are looking for a job, there are some things that you can do with your hands. If you don't know them, learn them. Learn them. You know, you can learn how to, like what this woman is doing with wool and flax is, you know, weaving. Eh? Weaving beads, back, uh, sweater, you know that kind of thing. She can do that at her own time. There are some of us that are civil servants. You go to work, there's no work. Then some people are doing gossip. You can be doing your... Oh my God, are you getting what I'm saying? Some people like you that is a banker, you may not have that time. Oh, you even have the time. Even in the bank. Can you imagine? So, you must not be idle and be looking for food. The woman is not looking for food. She's looking for wool and flax to do something that we get food and support the family. Amen. Remember, she works willingly. 
It's not her husband that is pushing her to do the work. Willingly from her heart. Because she wants to help out. She wants to solve a problem. So she is willingly working with her hands. Amen. Verse 14, look at it. Let's read it together. I want us to follow this study diligently. Verse 14, let's read. Want to go. She is like the merchant's ship. She bringeth her food from where? From afar. She is like what? The merchant ships. What's the meaning of that? The merchant ships are ships that brings food from you know far one country to another through the sea. Now, this merchant ship they face a lot of storms on the high sea. They face a lot of you know wind storms. You know, so it's a tough situation to travel by sea, especially when there are storms. So those merchant ships are made in such a way that they can overcome st- storms. What that uh, uh, scripture is telling us is that this virtuous woman is a tough woman. Somebody say tough. A tough woman is a woman that will pass through storms and come out standing. In her bid to bring her food from afar, she may experience one storm or the other, but she's very strong. She's tough. She doesn't, you know, shaking away at any little challenge. There are some people that any little challenge, they will start complaining. They will start, you know, and you know, it's easier to be diligent, work, than to be lazy. You didn't hear me. What did I say? It's easier to be hardworking eh, than to be lazy. It's like a paradox. <laughs> eh? Do you know why? When you are diligent, you will be occupied with what you are doing. And you will have no time for sin and for gossip. Eh? you will be having a sense of fulfillment a sense of satisfaction that I am a useful person but when you are lazy I have met lazy people I met one when I was growing up Eh? she enjoys begging and borrowing You know the common thing a woman should have in her house? Pot. Um, what do you call? Mortar. Eh? And um, what you used to fry, Gary? What do you call it? All of those things. She doesn't have one. I think she has pot. <laughs> but every other thing is borrow. Every other thing is borrow. While people are still going to farm, she's already coming back from the farm. Eh? You know, before the, 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 the thing that she planted, we want to start producing. She's already uprooting them. I said it is easier to be hardworking than to be what? 
lazy. Because the moment you finish, the next thing you will rely on borrowing and begging. And you know, such people, they have bad mouth. They will beg you for something, and when you don't give them, they will start cursing you. Why are they cursing you? Because you did not give them what they asked you. But why didn't they have it in the first place? Laziness. Amen. She is like the Martian sheep. She's a tough woman. She takes her time. In fact, the Bible says she brings her food from afar. She brings her food from where? From afar. She doesn't sit around and be lazing about and saying, hey, did you hear the cost of things in the market? Hey, things are high. No. You know, when you are seeking something, when you are seeking something, you notice that you are doing that with your head, your brain. You are thinking, what can I do now? Where can I get wool and flax now? Are, are you getting that? You, the woman works with her brain. There are some people that they all, all they do and all they think about is just speaking in tongues, praying, and all of that. No. Life is made up of the spiritual and the physical. The spiritual is important, but you need the physical. You need to be diligent. You need to be hardworking on the physical too so that you'll be able to solve the problems around your life and not be a burden to anybody. A virtuous woman is a hardworking woman. She doesn't chicken away at storm. She is like the merchant ships on the high sea, facing wind, facing storm, facing cold, facing turbulence, you know, and at the end of the day, she will stand. May you be such a tough woman. No complain. Don't complain about your condition. Don't complain about your situation. When you put your trust in God, you go to work and you see God begin to bless the works of your hand. Amen. Are we following? Let's go to verse 15 now. Are we there now? Let's read together. I want to go. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. Did you see this woman? She rises what? Up before the day to give food to her household and a portion to her maidens. While other people are sleeping, she's up in the kitchen preparing food for the household. Somebody say, a virtuous woman is an early riser. Say it. Let me ask your neighbor, when do you normally rise up in the morning? There are some of us that rises up when it is already day. This woman rises up while it is still night. Eh? To prepare food for her household. Help me tell your neighbor, as a woman, you cannot overgrow your kitchen. Talk to your neighbor. 
I have the privilege to see my grandmother, the mother of my, mo my mother. While they were old, he and the father of my mother. Both of them were very old and they were living together. And you see this old woman, she enjoys going to the kitchen to cook for her husband. At that old age, she likes it. Kitchen is her the main office. Eh? The main what? Uh -huh. The real office. Then the one that is in the market or in the place of work is the auxiliary office. We are in a strange generation where some women doesn't like kitchen anymore. Eh? They send people to the kitchen on their behalf. No. Every woman that is virtuous must be careful of what goes into the mouth of your husband. Eh? No. The, this virtuous woman prepares food for her household and gives portion to her maid. So she has maid actually. But she is still in charge of her kitchen. You must be in charge of your kitchen. It's your office. Sometimes when you see a woman raise up a daughter, she will hand over the office, the kitchen office to what? To her daughter. And say, my daughter, you are now the manager of the office. No. You can be there. They can be there to cook, but you must be there to direct and monitor and test the food before your husband tests it. You, do, you didn't get me. <laughs> if you are not the one that cooks the food that your husband will cook, that we eat, you will eat, then you must test it before so that you will be ready to apologize as you are passing the food and say, please, it's not me that cooked this food though. And I'm sorry, the salt is too much. We don't need to be careful with our office. Are you following what I'm talking about? Yes. The Bible said she does her husband good all the days of her life. The virtuous woman. She rises up early. I remember in those days when we are growing up in primary school, by the time you wake up in the morning, you will be hearing, you know, this uh, fresh aroma of plantain that has been fried coming from the kitchen. And you'll be tempted to go and pick one as, as the mom is frying it. She has woken up very early. So before we wake up, she has finished everything in the kitchen. You know? And when you now want to touch one, she will beat you here eh? because you have not swept the house. You have not... Uh, so you will tell, go and do what you're supposed to do before you come and touch food. That you wake up and saw food doesn't mean you should start eating food. Amen. She rises up before the day. Now, how do such a person manage to do her quiet time? That is to say, the first person that will rise in the house is what? The woman. Are you following me? Because she will finish her quiet time and enter kitchen. If, you know, they met you in the morning, after six or seven, where you are doing your uh, quiet time, and they say, ah, won't you cook food? They say, don't you stay. I'm doing quiet time. No. No. For you to be the virtuous woman, 
you must rise up before others, do your quiet time, and enter kitchen. Maybe as they are doing their quiet time now, you are in the... Or even if you are not in, in the kitchen yourself, you must have directed the way things should go in the kitchen. Are you getting it? A virtuous woman, a woman of good understanding, doesn't joke with her kitchen. You know, these are the details we didn't see about Abigail yesterday. But these are the details of her life. Verse 17. Okay, verse 16. Let's read it together. I want to go. She considered a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planted a vineyard. This woman is a farmer. I want you to be taking note of her. She seeks for wool and flax. And she's a weaver. She's a bead maker. She's a sweater maker. But that does not stop her from farming. The Bible says she considered a field. So she's a careful woman. She doesn't take decisions without planning. She considers a field. And shake, if I buy this field, will this field benefit me and my household? She considers. She doesn't take decision out of emotion. See, listen. Considering before buying is one of the weakness of women. You know, women go to market more often than men. Am I correct? Now, sometimes you notice that while you are in the market, once you see something that you like, and you go and buy that thing because you like it, you notice that most times the money you want to use to buy the essential things will not be remaining for you again. So, wise women, women of good understanding, they don't go to market with that list. Because that list is a time you are considering the field and writing down the things that you really need. Because I notice that the market can swallow any amount of money that you go with. Three of us. So, you have to plan. Plan what you are buying. She considers before she buys. It's not when you see somebody buy something. You look at the thing and say, hey, this thing, I like it too. Let me go and buy it. You go and buy. One of the you know, ways to be a bad manager of money is to act by impulse. Act emotionally. Act by, you know, you just feel like doing something. You just do it. At the end of the day, you notice that you'll be lacking. Money will not be in your hand. You'll be lacking money because you are not a careful spender. She considers a field and buy it. And when she buy it, she planted, she plants a vineyard in the field. She plants. How many of us are farming here? You plant something in a field. Plant, you plant. <laughs> so somebody is asking, where is the field? You have to seek for it. Eh? It's one of the ways you can augment what you are getting. Amen. Amen. Now, look at verse 17. Let's read it together. Let's read it together. 
women. Open your Bible. Let's read Proverbs 31 17 together. Let's read together. Are we there now? Go. She guarded her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. She's a strong woman. There are several women that doesn't have strength, especially when their husband needs them. Eh? You didn't hear what I said. They will have strength to do other things. Eh? During the day. You know, take care of so many things. But in the night or at the time that the husband is saying, I need you, my wife. <sighs> I'm tired, though. I'm stressed up. You can't drum. That's not the virtuous woman. She's strong. Her loins has been guarded with what? Strength. She strengthened her arm. Ready for work. May you be a strong woman. Men and husbands like strong women. <laughs> eh? Yes. Your husband will appreciate you much better when you become a strong woman. And what I said, not partial strength. Too. Being partial in strength. You have strength. Go to work. Come back. Do everything in the kitchen. Come back. Then when the man now needed your strength, you now say, eh, I'm stressed up. You can't drum. Can't you see that I'm tired? Please, reserve strength for your husband. Talk to your neighbor. 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 Learn to reserve strength. Don't finish the strength in the work. And then no strength is remaining for him again. Amen. Amen. Verse 18. Let's read together. I want to go. She perceived that her merchandise is good. Her candle does not go out by night. This is very deep. This is very deep. I want to talk here. Listen carefully. She perceives that her business is good. And then as a result of that, she began to work hard. I was talking to mommy some time ago, and I think after this uh, conference, she will restart. I said, did you discover that your peanut is making waves in your logo? Eh? You know peanut? It's, it, it, people, before the, the one she has made has finished, people are demanding for it. I said, if there is a way you can make this peanut and supply it throughout Enugu, what do you think? Have we not become millionaire or not? You, see, what we make you rich is very close to you. Eh? It's easier for you to employ than to keep deploying your strength. Women, listen. This conference must change your life. Not just spiritually, but economically. The ability to mass produce and distribute is the difference between the poor and the rich. 
Did you get me? The ability to what? Mass produce and distribute. I need transport money. I need this. The money is there. Even if you decide to, okay, this peanut, let me use peanut for example. You decide to employ somebody. You know, many people are not ready to, to start something. They are ready to be employed. Even if you are to pay them 10,000 naira per month, they will be very happy. There are some people that are looking for sales girls, sales boy everywhere, that kind of thing. Now, it's very easy for you to get one or two persons and say, I'll be paying you 10,000 naira, 15,000 naira, 20,000 naira every month. What is your work? Your work is to distribute peanuts throughout Enugu. And if you meet this target, that's what business people do. When she perceived that her merchandise is good, she began to work all night around it. When you look at you notice that your business, what you are doing is yielding results. Then you put more effort in it. That's why I said the virtuous woman must be tough. The Bible says you are, she is like the merchant sheep because that's your business. The process of bringing that food from afar, you may meet storms on the road. But storms does not stop the next sheep from going back. Are you getting what I'm talking about? No. Have you ever seen drivers saying, I'm not going to drive again because their fellow, their fellow driver had accident and died? One day I was at Eastern Mass Transit in Oka, and they brought a news that one of their drivers had accident and died. As they are talking about it, the one that is loading it, started this uh, vehicle and was moving. You know what he said? He said, you know, let me speak to Nibo first. No, he and I share better. I beg, make I move. That is, it is what he and his uh, God has agreed. As for me, it doesn't concern me. I'm going to the same road. Somebody said tough. You know, in a tough time like this, you know we are in a tough time now, economically tough time, you don't need to cry. You don't need to complain. You don't need to be, you know, go to work. Go to work. See, if you are a civil servant, you must, you must start a business. Because you can see that as the price of things are going high, the salary is not increasing. So you can be sure that if the thing keeps going high, one day, eh, you will become a beggar or a, borrow, a borrower of the highest order. Because they are paying you 100,000 naira when, the cup of, when a cup of gari is 50 naira. Now the cup of gari is 150 naira and they are still paying you. You know, they, they went for strike, this NLC, Nigeria Labor Congress, for the implementation of the new minimum wage, isn't it? I'm talking to civil servants. Now, you know what they did when they want to implement it? Implement it. Let me tell you what they did. If your salary is 100,000 and the new minimum wage says your salary should be 150,000, what they did was to increase tax that they are paying 2,000. They now increase it to 12,000. So by tax, they, gave them, they will give you the 150,000 and they will use tax to collect it back. Just increasing the tax. So it's still the same thing they are earning 10 years ago that they are still earning now. Because oh, it is so terrible. And now price of things are going. Business people are better positioned in a time like this because you know what they are waiting for? They are waiting for 
the price, once the, the thing increases, what do they do? Increase. I will increase. So that's why if you are a civil servant and you are just saying, I'm a civil servant in a lecture, be careful very soon. Go and start something. Start something. Start a product. Develop it. Mass produce it. Distribute it. You will not be. You will not lack. I'm telling you, you will not lack. Amen. So this woman perceived that her merchandise is good, and her candle does not go out by night. So she's not working only in the day. She's also working what in the night. Basically, she's a hardworking woman. Verse nineteen. Let's read together. One to go. She laid her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She's a teller. Every woman should be a teller. At least to sew your own cloth and the cloth of your children. I think it should be one of the skill acquisition that you people should plan for. No, it's, it's true. How much does it take to sew a cloth now? I was shouting yesterday, is it yesterday or day before yesterday, when they are telling me that to sew a cloth within this uh, environment now, you need 3,000. Maybe before now. Okay, 5,000. Okay, depending on the style. 7,000. 10,000. 20,000. Every woman, you may not be a, a, a commercial teller, eh? but at least you should be a teller of your... Please, if you're a commercial teller here, I'm not trying to spoil business for you. Eh? I'm just telling you the things that you can learn that will make you to, you know, economize and survive in the time of hardship. Eh? You need it. My mother, she has a machine. She's not a commercial teller. I think that woman is a virtuous woman. She has a machine. In fact, I don't know whether we have brought it because she has asked me to come and carry it for her. <laughs> have we brought it? That was, oh, I forgot. There was a time she called me and said, we can come and carry the machine now because she has, she has gotten old. So, you know, we have to inherit it. She sews cloth. Even if you cannot sew, you can repair. Because to repair is another issue. So, it is something that is very important. This woman, look at her. She's a farmer. Eh? She's a, a bead maker, a weaver. And she's also what? A teller. She knows how to sew. She doesn't go out and say, sew for me, sew for me. And you know, these days, I think we need more Christian women tellers than ever. Because the unbelieving tellers, they will sow anything for you. She used to tell me, you will tell somebody, this is the kind of cloth you will sew for me. The person will sew another thing. And when you are saying, but this is not what I say you should sew for me. You say, you don't know fashion. Eh? You don't know fashion. This is the one that is invoked now. 
He said, but that's not the one I wanted to sew for me. This is the one I wanted to sew for me. He said, no, forget about it. See, don't make noise here. This is, I'm telling you, this is the one in, in, in Vogue and you are making noise. <laughs> and, you know, you don't know what to say again. So, if not for anything, be a teller of your own cloth, of your children's cloth. She is a teller. Verse 20. Let's read together. I want to go. She stretched out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reached forth her hands to the needy. She's a generous woman. Remember that before you can give to the poor or to the needy, you must have. So you are not a virtuous woman when you don't have anything. Talk to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, a poor woman is not virtuous. Because a, a virtuous woman is a generous woman that gives. She gives to the needy. She gives to the poor. Why? She has. If you have, if you have a basket full of egg, and somebody comes and asks you, please, can you give me one egg? You know, it is easier to give the person one egg. But if the egg is two or three, and somebody asks you, give me one egg. You know it's more difficult. Eh? It's more difficult. I see women rising up to become economically strong. Eh? From this conference, somebody's life must change. You must, you must rise up to prosper economically in the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 21. She is not afraid of the snow. For her household... For all her household are clotted with scarlet. All her household are clotted with what? What is a scarlet? A scarlet is a material, a, a clotting material that is very, very costly. Very, very costly. She was responsible to ensure that her family members are not dressed in a tattered cloth, in a costly cloth. Do you know that they said you have to eat food before you look for what to wear? Two of us. If somebody doesn't have food to eat and he has money, what is her priority or, or his priority? To go and use the money to buy clothes or to buy food. You have to eat food first. There is priority in life. I need to get cloth or shoe, but I need to first of all what? Eat. So, before this woman will think of buying scarlet, a high costly material for the clothing of her family, she has enough food. I prophesy that you must be a virtuous woman. Amen. Amen. Verse 22. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. What is tapestry and covering? That's her bed sheet. She was one that produced her bed sheet. She maketh it herself. Coverings of what? Tapestry. That is a, another costly material for her bed sheet. See the detail of this woman that is, you know, God is presenting to us. 
Her clothing is silk and purple. Silk and purple are royal clothing. They are royal colors. Eh? And they are very costly. And that is why verse 23 said, her husband is what? Is known in the gates when she seated among the elders of the land. Why? When the woman with silk and clothing color, well-dressed, is passing, what will the elders at the gate ask? Who is that woman? They said, don't you know her now? The wife of Michael Jones. It's okay. Oh, that's... She dresses well. She dresses modestly. Now listen, you know, the Bible talks so much about the dressing of women. I hope you know that. We may not have enough time to study it now. But I notice that anytime the Bible is addressing women, it's always addressing their dressing. But the Bible never said that women should not dress well. Or dress in a good clothing. What the Bible said is that, number one, women should not think that dressing in a good clothing is a source of beauty. Are you getting that? Don't think that what makes you beautiful is dressing in an expensive cloth. No. So the beauty is a matter of the you know, inner man. But that does not mean that you should not dress well as a woman of God. Now, what is touching about this woman is that somebody will now ask, what is her husband doing? She brings her food from afar. She feeds the household. She clothes the household. What now is the husband... Uh, duty. Because the traditional understanding that we have about a wife and a woman is that the husband will be what? Bringing. Why the woman will be what? Spending. Sometimes some women will have but they will not like to spend it. They say, husband, do what? Bring. And I have half and on. <laughs> bring now that does not mean that your husband will not be bringing anything I have not said that but the truth is that you know when you are a virtuous woman you take responsibility and because you want to take responsibility it makes you to work hard plan well and produce results and I tell you something Men are proud of such wife. That's why Proverbs 12 verse 4 said, the virtuous woman is a crown of her... She, he keeps boasting about his wife. Anytime he remembers his wife, he's become very happy. Because he has a virtuous woman. So when we are talking about virtuous woman, we're not just talking about a righteous woman. That's one of the mistakes people normally make. 
A virtuous woman is not just a righteous woman. She is righteous and holy. But she is a woman that has learned to take responsibility. In her home, she, does, she is not dependent so much on what the husband is giving her. She makes it linen, fine linen, and sells it. Are you looking at verse 24? Eh? She makes it what? Fine linen and sell it. A businesswoman. In fact, she's not just a businesswoman, she's a producer. She has a company. How do I know? Look at the next uh, sentence in that verse. And delivered ghettos unto the merchants. Who are the merchants? Who are the merchants? Merchants are wholesalers. Eh? She produces fine linen and giddles, and the merchants will come to her company and took those materials to go and sell to the retailers who will now sell to the buyers. She's a distributor. I think the virtuous woman has a large heart. What do you think? Because for some of us that has a shop, provision store, we have noticed that when you don't have a large heart, all you'll be thinking about that shop is that this is where I'll be getting my daily food from with my children. You don't think about expansion. She make it fine linen and sell it and distributes to merchants that will be selling the product. May you be such a woman in the name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 25. Strength and honor are her clothing. Strength and honor are what? You remember that we have seen before that this woman is a woman of strength. Do you remember? Do you remember? In verse 17, we saw that she guarded her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. And then in verse 25, we are seeing again, strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. I want to dwell on that verse for a while. Please listen. Strength and honor are her clothing. She is clothed with strength. There's this common saying, they say, uh, women are weaker vessels. Have you heard that before? Eh? They say, we are weaker vessels. So, since we are weak, the men should understand that we are weak. But look at the Bible saying something different about this woman. Strength and honor. Ah, ha, clothing. She walks. She walks in the day. Her candle does not go out in the night. She walks in the night. Do you know that women naturally have strength and they are stronger than men? In a way. Are you aware? How you will know that you have strength that you are not using is the strength that comes upon you. Yes, you are not using it. Many of you are not using it. 
the strength that comes upon you when, as a nursing mother, your baby is crying in the midnight. You notice that you, you, you are weak. You are tired. And you lie down and you are sleeping. And then suddenly you heard the voice of your baby. Where do that strength come from? Are you getting what I'm saying? There are extra reservoirs of strength that God has deposited in every woman. Because God knew that this woman is going to carry out a lot of responsibility that requires strength. So this idea of I am weak, I'm tired, you are resting, from one resting to another resting, remove it from your life. From today. Be a woman of strength that walks without complaining willingly. That walks without getting tired. Even when you get, One day I was walking, I got tired. And God said to me that that you got tired does not mean that you should rest. That rest is only for people that are exhausted. You didn't get me. Do you know the difference between tiredness and exhaust, being exhausted? When you are tired, you still have some strength. So you can still push for more. That's how you give birth on the, in the labor room. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? Out of the time the baby is about to come out, you're already tired, isn't it? But you see the nurses and the midwives telling you, Jisike, isn't it? Push for the last time. They say, push again. You push. Push. I'm tired, but you need to push. So you understand that even when you are tired, there is still a strength to push that work forward. Amen. Verse 26. Okay, I've not finished with verse 25. And the Bible says, She shall rejoice in the time to come. She shall what? Rejoice in the time to come. What is the meaning of that? Because this woman is working hard today in training her children in the way of the Lord, because she's working hard today in ensuring that, you know, things are done well, she plants her field when she's supposed to plant her field and she does her business when she's supposed to do her business. In the time to come, she will rejoice. Because she plans ahead, because she considers before she buys, in the time to come, she will rejoice. That's one side of it. The other side of it is because she fears God and lives a righteous life, in the time to come, in eternity, she will what? That's the difference between the virtuous woman and ordinary woman that is working hard. The virtuous woman that is working hard must be a woman that fears God and departs from evil. She's not a sinner. She's not an adulterer. She's not a fornicator. Tell me a woman like this, does she have time for adultery? Does she have time to begin to look for another man, any man? She's so busy with her work. And being righteous, being holy, you know, the, fearing God and departing from evil qualifies her for eternal, you know, habitation with God in heaven. So at the end of this life, in the time to come, she will what? Rejoice. If you are working hard and you are making money and you have this, you have that, and you are not saved, you are not born again, you are not a child of God, you are living in sin, 
What will happen to such a person in the time to come? Will she rejoice? She will weep and cry in hell. Why will this woman rejoice in the time to come? Because she is a woman that fears God. She's a, a righteous and a holy woman. A woman that has given her life to Christ and she's following Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now verse 26. She opened her mouth with what? With wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. She cannot open her mouth with wisdom when there is no wisdom inside of her. Eh? This woman does not open her mouth anyhow. Before she opens her mouth, she has already known what to say. What is wisdom? Wisdom is knowing what to do at every point in time that will succeed. Because you can know what to do and when you do that, thing, you will still fail. That is not wisdom. Are you following me? Wisdom is what? Knowing the right thing to do at every point in time. That's wisdom. In Igbo, we call it what? Amami yengeme. That's the meaning of that thing you call amami here. Amami here means what? Amami yengeme. I have known what I'm going to do. Amami here. At every point in time, in my head, you know what to do. Now, that's the same thing with, you know, I know what to say. She opened her mouth with what? That is to say, before she opened her mouth, she has known what to say. She has known the implication of what she is saying. So many women are weak in their mouth because they are talking out of emotion, not out of wisdom. Women are emotional beings. As a matter of fact, they are much more emotional than men. Men are logical and rational. But women are emotional. But look at this woman behaving in a different way. She doesn't talk out of her feelings. She doesn't talk out of her emotion. She talks because she has considered what she's saying and the implication of it. She opened her mouth with wisdom. When she wants to talk to her husband, she doesn't talk foolishly. She doesn't talk carelessly. She talks with wisdom. And the Bible says, the law of kindness is where? Is weird. In her tongue. What is a law? If you know the law of gravity, you notice that when you throw anything down, what will happen to that thing? the thing will be pushed down because there is a law that is pushing it down. Now, if you go to America and throw this thing up, will this thing fall down? Eh? Why will it fall down? Because it's a law. There is, it's a, law is universal. If you say, okay, let me wake up in the midnight and throw this thing up, will it fall down? What of in the dry season? Will it fall down? Law is always at all time. When the Bible says that the law of kindness is in her tongue, what is the meaning of that? What it means is that at every point in time, whenever she opens her mouth to speak, kind words comes out of her mouth. At the season why she is pressured and pressed, 
law of kindness operates. And as a result of that, kind words keep coming out of his what? Mouth. The law of kindness will not allow you to say unkind words at any point in time or in any place. Because if the law is in your mouth, you will always see yourself saying what is kind to people. Even when they say what is unkind to you. Listen, the test of our Christianity is in reaction, not in action. Write it down. The true test of Christianity is not in our actions, but in our reactions. What do I mean? Any man, including believers and unbelievers, can easily think about a good thing to do and do it. That's action. But reaction is what your response is when somebody has said something to you that is bad. When somebody has done something to you that is bad. That is when your Christianity is proven. So when you say, I'm a Christian woman, it is not when your husband is telling you what is good or when you are thinking about the good thing to do for your husband. It's actually when your husband tells you what is bad or when people does what is bad to you. That reaction that will come out of you is what will prove that you are a Christian woman or not. Did you understand, understand what I'm talking about? Reaction, not action. Anybody can think and act right. But when you are challenged, when you are despised, when you are looked down upon, when something has been done to you that, is, you know, that seems bad, your reaction is what will show whether you are a Christian or not. So sometimes your husband will want to test to know whether this discipleship you are going, whether you are really, you know, changing. She, he will go and do that thing. You know, people do testing. I hope you know. They will go and do that thing that he knows that gets you angry. And the moment you get angry and start shouting again, you now say, ah, I thought you said you are going for discipleship. Is that what they are teaching you in discipleship? Eh? Are you getting what I'm talking about? If your reaction has not been affected, then you have not made progress. If your reaction has not been what? Affected. You have not changed at all. It's not about action. Good intention. I want to do this. It's good. But when you now want to do something and you bring it up to your husband and your husband say, please, don't do this. Sometimes they don't used to add please. They will just say, don't do it. What your reaction is going to be when he tells you that is what shows your Christianity. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, submission is very hard. The Bible says women should submit, isn't it? Isn't it? But I will tell you that submission is hard. That is not in a way discouraging you not to submit. But sometimes and most times, it is better to face the fact and then ask for grace than to deny the fact and yet you are struggling with the matter. Are you getting what I'm saying? What is the fact? I want to do something that I think is good for me. And your husband said, 
don't do it. Is it not hard? Talk to me. Is it not hard? It's hard. And you know that the Bible says, wives, submit to your husband. That is to say, you will not do that thing that he has asked you not to do. Your reaction at that point will determine whether you are a Christian woman or not. Because every other unchristian woman will behave in a particular way. What is that way? What is that way? I am not going to listen to you in this matter. After all, you are not bringing money for anything. I just want to tell you what I want to do. That's the natural response of every woman. But you are not every woman. You are a Christian woman. You are a virtuous woman. Eh? Are you following what I'm saying? So, it's not easy. But you, that's why you need to receive grace from God to be submissive and keep being submissive. Otherwise, you see yourself saying, I'm a Christian woman. But yet, your husband will not be able to testify that my wife is a Christian woman. Amen. Let me tell you something. If your pastor or your boss in the office is praising you, saying, hey, you are a nice woman. Eh? Your pastor, you are a nice woman. Please, don't ever listen to such praises until your own husband opens his mouth and say to you or to some other person that you are a nice woman. I'm not talking about this kind of um, uh, hypocritical thing people are doing. You understand what I mean? Everybody want to, in the public, want to present themselves as good. But inside, you know, people are doing that kind of thing. Sometimes you see a husband and a wife quarreling inside. Eh? And when somebody knocks, they will just, you know, stop the quarrel for a while. Say, You know, <laughs> they just cut the thing small and then go to answer the person that is uh, saying. And then they put up one kind of artificial smile. Hey, Mama Nkechi, you know. But you are just quarreling, quarreling now. How, where did this smile come upon your face? So people try to pretend so much. They say so many things. Uh, my husband is the best man on earth. My wife is the best woman on earth. Those kind of things. I, I thank God for them. But the truth is that it is what goes on between the man and the woman inside that will bring the real testimony. Are you getting me? I'm not talking about your husband coming before us now telling us, I have the best woman in town. No. I'm talking about your husband talking to you. Not because, you know, some men are also deceitful. When they want sex or something else from you, they start praising you. No, I'm talking about ordinarily. He can always testify that, see, my wife, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky on this earth having this woman as a wife. How many of us have that kind of, kind of testimony? 
<laughs> if you don't have that testimony, that's why we are here. Are you following me? That's why we have this conference. I believe that Nebal has that testimony about Abigail. Yes. Praise the Lord. Verse, uh, verse what now? Verse 27. She looked well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. She watches over her household. What is her household? Her husband and her children. Proverbs 14 one said, every woman, every wise woman, every, somebody say every, every wise woman builds her own home. Now, please listen, let me ask you. What do you think the wise woman is building? She will go and collect sand from deeper people and start molding block and then hire laborers to dig the foundation. That's what he does. Okay? What, does what is the home there? What is she building? The husband and the children. The house is not a physical house. It's not just building. You say, no. Your children, you need to build them up in the knowledge of the Lord with the word of God. You need to build your husband up. Every wise woman builds her own body foolish. We do what? Tear your husband down. Leave me, let me talk to this man. This man has been, you know, the, I need to talk to him. Sometimes you ask yourself, this talk, 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 is he building this man? Is he encouraging this man? Is he helping this man? You know, sometimes, let me tell you something that the flesh does. He say, ah, my husband provoked me. When your husband has provoked you and you are not happy, that's when you needed self-control. You remember that one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is what? Self-control. Now, if you don't have that self-control, you see yourself wanting to tell him something that will... So, and at that time, that's when you know that you are very intelligent. Because the, the world will be coming very fast. And you see yourself saying those things, and as you are saying those things, you notice that the person you are talking to is not being built up. You are tearing your home down. Anytime you speak a word that weighs your husband down, you are a foolish woman. You are because every foolish man, woman is what tears her house apart. Do you know that it is easy for you to build your children as a woman? Two of us, eh? Easy now because you love your children. We have talked about it two days ago. So you see yourself talking to your children, encouraging them, and all of that. But your husband, you need to build him up. Because the more your husband is strong, the more you are going to benefit from that. Amen. Now, one of the things that comes up in a matter like this, because we are going to have question and answer shortly, is um, what if I am doing everything I'm supposed to do and the man is not doing his own? The Bible says, husband, love your wife. 
The man did not love me. How can I submit to a man that did not love me? Have you had that question before? <laughs> a man that did not love me, how can I submit to him? If you want to be a child of God, then you should concentrate on God. Are you getting it? If you know what God has asked you to do as a woman, do what? Do it. It's God that will judge you and judge the man. Do your own part. Do your own part. Perfect your own part. I wish we can have time to pray after now. Because some of these things we are sharing from the virtuous woman, you think that they are easy. Are they easy? That's why you need grace. You need grace. One of, I want to repeat it. One of the best testimonies you are going to have in this your life is your husband telling you, I'm lucky marrying you. I'm meaning it from his heart. I am very lucky that another person did not marry you. It's me that married you. I mean, talking from his heart. Pursue it as a goal. Eh? Be deliberate about it. Are you getting what I'm saying? And you see, let me warn, warn us on how to pursue that. I want to give a warning. What is the warning? Sometimes you see women trying to, you know, let me put it this way. Trying to compromise their faith in God. Trying to compromise righteousness and holiness because they want their husband to like them. Let's say your husband is not born again. And then your husband now, you know, asks you to dress naked or half naked and follow him out. And you say, the Bible says we should submit. Didn't the Bible say we should what? Submit. It is at that point you, you will learn submission properly. And when they ask you, why, why are you dressing like this? It's my husband though. Say, oh, it's not you people that are teaching us to submit. <laughs> no. No. That the Bible says submit does not mean, listen, we have God as the, as the highest authority. And their husband has his own authority. Uh, government has their own authority. Any authority that is not submitting to God, you are not owing that authority obedience. It's a law. If your husband is telling you, see, I am an adulterer, I think you also need to meet uh, some men and be committing adultery your own. You should submit now, isn't it? Are you getting what I'm talking about? You don't submit unto unrighteousness. Every submission must be unto God and his standard. You don't dress and you are seducing people and they ask you, why are you dressing like this? You say, my husband like me like that. You should be able to teach your husband righteousness. That's why you are his helpmate. If your husband is not fearing God, now God has brought you to his life to teach him how to be a fearer of God. And not for you to drop your own standard of righteousness you have learned from God and begin to compromise with him. You are, are you going to convert him by that way? Are you get to, getting what I'm talking about? You are, you are doing a zero work on the man. If you are understanding me, let me see you up. 
Good. So this woman watches over her household. She watches over her children. Now, the Bible says, she does not eat the bread of idleness. What's the meaning of that? Do you know that as your children is growing up, one day they will come and say, maybe they are students in school, and they will come and say, mommy, I have a khaki for you. And she gave you khaki. What's, what's the correct question to ask? How did you get a car? Because I want to find out. That's the bread of idleness. Eating something from your children or eating something from your husband. When you know that your husband has gotten this from Yahoo Yahoo, your husband is, has stolen this money, or you know that kind of thing. You know that this is a bread of idleness. That's why the Bible says she watches over her household. She's a watch night, a watch day, to ensure that everything that is entering this house is entering through righteous means. As the virtuous woman. If your husband is an arm robber, God forbid, and he goes for oppression and come back and bring money, eh? bring, uh, he says, go and buy chicken, go and buy this. What is the name of that kind of bread? Bread of idleness. And now, this watching is not only physical, it's also spiritual. To watch over your household, you also need to be a prayerful woman. Because several things that happen that people do, how will you know them? How will you know them? A woman was giving us testimony. She said, all her children, all of them, they are afraid of doing what is wrong when they are outside the house. And I met with the children, I confirmed that. I asked the children, Why? He said, anytime you are about to do what is bad, I mean, these are youths, grown-ups. The next thing you are going to see is a call from the mother. Say, this is what you are about to do. Don't do it. Mommy, ah, how did you know? The Lord told me. Are you getting it? So, mommy, are you following us? Are you following us? You know your son now? Your son that is a student. Yeah, you know your son. You need to become like this woman. So that you'll be monitoring him with spiritual satellite. Are you getting it? That's the virtuous woman. She watches over the ways of her household to ensure that they are not missing it. And everybody will be careful. If your husband does what is wrong, you have seen it. When he comes back, you know, you will not, don't be confrontational. Are you getting it? Don't confront. But there is a way to, with wisdom, tell him, look at what the Lord showed me that you did. If you become such a woman, your husband will be afraid of doing what is wrong. Because sometimes, as he's planning to do it, you have picked it in the spirit. And you call him and warn him. And you'll be wondering, what kind of woman is this? In fact, when we say that, eh? Yeah? You are a witch. How does you know that this is what I'm about to do? It's a spiritual woman. A virtuous woman is what? A spiritual woman. May you be such a woman in the name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 28. 
Let's read it together. I want to go. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Her children praises her, and her husband does what? Praises her. Verse 29. Look at how they are praising her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. And finally, he now concluded it by telling us that favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be what? Praise. Give her of the fruit of her hand and let her own works do what? What is going to praise this woman in the gate? Eh? Her beauty. Her lipstick. Eyeshadow. Wet lips. Cortest. Eh? Jerichoil. What is it that will praise this woman in the gate? Her works. Let her own works. Let me ask your neighbor, where are your own works? Your own, not your husband's own. That word own there is serious. To tell you that you don't go and be bragging on your husband's work. And my husband now is working. No. Let her own works praise, praise her in the gates. Give her the fruit of her hands. Let her own works praise her in the gates. It was from this, um, this particular uh, proverb, this chapter that we got the song of the excellent woman that we have been singing. And I want us to read the weddings of that song and sing it as we pray. Turn your program booklet. Let's read down the song of the excellent woman. Then we sing it. This particular hymn summarizes everything in that particular chapter. Let's read together. One to God. Oh Lord. I'm not hearing you. I'm not yet hearing you very well. Make me a virtuous woman. Oh, virtuous. Oh, Lord, make me excellent woman. Oh, excellent. I need to be a virtuous woman. Oh, virtuous. Help me to be an excellent woman. Oh, excellent. Stanza one. In all that I think, in all that I speak, I need to be a virtuous woman. Oh, virtuous. In all my actions, in all my reactions, I need to be excellent woman. Oh, excellent. A woman that fears God and departs from all sins. I need to be a righteous woman. Oh, righteous. A woman that loves God and obeys him always. I need to be a spiritual woman. Oh, spiritual a woman that works hard and toys day and night. I need to be a diligent woman. Oh, diligent. A woman that sets goals and meets a deadline. I need to be a disciplined woman. Oh, disciplined. A woman that does good to her own husband. I need to be a caring woman. Oh, caring. A woman that speaks truth and abides by her word. 
I need to be faithful woman. Oh, faithful. A woman that prays hard and watch her household. I need to be prayerful woman. Oh, prayerful. A woman that gives time to know the word of God. I need to be a careful woman. Oh, careful. A woman that is wise, that builds her own home. I need to be a brilliant woman. Oh, brilliant. A woman that is kind and gives to the poor. I need to be a generous woman. Oh, generous. Rise on your feet as we sing it and pray. It's a prayer. So we sing it and use it as a prayer and cry out to God in this time for these verses to be found in your life as a woman of good understanding. Oh Lord, make me verse. Go ahead. Oh Lord, make me vicious woman. Oh vicious. Oh Lord, make me excellent. Oh excellent. I need to be vicious woman. Oh vicious. Help me to be excellent woman. Oh, excellent. Please, uh, the program will get as if finished. Share it so that people will have it and sing with it. Number one now. In order I think in order that I speak, I need to be precious woman, oh precious, in all my actions, in all my reactions, help me excellent. Oh Lord, make me precious woman. Oh Lord, make me excellent woman. Oh, excellent. Pray, I need to be virtuous woman. Oh, Help me to be excellent woman. Two, a woman that fears God and departs from us. Righteous woman, oh righteous, a woman that loves God always. I need to be spiritual woman. Oh, oh Lord, make me precious woman. Hey, oh Lord, make me excellent woman. Excellent. I need to be precious woman. Oh, precious. Help me to be excellent woman. Number three, a woman that was sad and toy day and night. Hey. 
Make me excellent, Lord. Like a bigel of old, you shall be. Like roots of old, you will be a virtuous woman. You will be an excellent woman. I need to be excellent, Lord. Can you begin to pray now? In all that I think, in all that I speak, in all my actions, in all my reactions, according to the proverb that one woman, virtuous woman, Lord, make me a virtuous woman. Make me an excellent woman. A woman that fears God and departs from all sins. A righteous woman. A woman that loves God and obeys Him always. A spiritual woman. A prayerful woman that watches over her husband. And knows when her husband is going astray, and she will humbly, humbly bring him to back, back to order. If your husband is always traveling, you must be a spiritual woman. You must be a prayerful woman to watch over him, so that he will not travel and start committing adultery with other women outside. Lebo Shanda she watches over the ways of her household. She washes over her children. Lebo shanda rabasanda, mayanto kanda rabashanda, lende lebo shanda rabasanda. A generous woman. She is wealthy. She gives to the poor. Say to poverty, I reject you. I will not be a poor woman. I will work hard with my hands. My candle will not go out in the night. My merchandise is good. I will must produce and I will distribute. I will not be lacking money. No, 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 no. I will be a giver. I will not be a borrower. I refuse to be a borrowing woman. I refuse to be a beggar. I must be a giver, a generous woman. Working hard. Giving to the poor. Giving to the needy. Lebo shanda rabasanda, mayande kanda rabasanda rabakunde, la rabasanda rabashanda. I will be a wise man, a wise woman that builds my home. My husband will be built by my ways. I will not tear him down anymore with quarreling and fighting and talking. I will build him by encouraging him. Of kindness will be in my tongue. Anytime I open my mouth, kind words will be coming out. Lord, make me, make me. I am a project in your hand. I'm a divine project in your hand. Lord, you can make me. I you can make me a woman that is sober and self-controlled. Lendele po shanda rabasanda. Lendele po shanda rabasanda rabasanda. Lendele po shanda rabasanda. 
A woman that speaks the truth and abides by her word. I need to be a faithful woman. A woman, the Bible said, who can find a virtuous woman? She will do her husband good, not conditionally. All the days of, of her life. She will not place a condition for doing good unto her husband. She is a virtuous woman. She is a businesswoman. She makes her fine linen and sells it and distributes to the merchants. She is a tough woman. Can you say, God, make me a, a tough woman in a tough time like this? A tough woman. The Bible says she's like a merchant's ship. That we face storms and will not be shaken. Storms of life. Famine, economic meltdown. Prices of things going up. And yet you are toughly moving forward. Nothing is stopping or hindering you. Because you have been made a tough woman. Who can find a virtuous woman? Who can find an excellent woman? Her husband praised her and say, many daughters have done well, but you have exceeded every one of them. She rises up while it is night. Can you pray and say, God, make me diligent. That while it is night, I will rise up. I will rise up and we provide food for my household. I will walk in the day, I will walk in the night. I will make wool, I will make beads. I will not be complaining of hunger when there are things I can do. I will not be in the company of gossipers. A virtuous woman is not a gossiper. She's so busy with one thing or the other. Supporting her husband financially and otherwise. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvaryonline.org. For testimonies, counseling, and prayers, you can send an email to calvaryrevivalibos at gmail.com or call 080 could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Way Revival Lagos.